All right, hello and welcome everyone to another Chat and Learn here with Power to Fly. My name is Mariella Marie and as always, super excited to roll into this next hour with you all. I had a chance to speak with our guest speaker today uh, who's calling from Bulgaria. I got to hear her good, the bad and the all. Well, I, she's gonna wait to give me the great at the end of the chat. So I asked, I love to ask our guest speakers, give me the good, the bad and the great of where you are today. Um, because I know there are crazy things going on in the world. And with that said, I just wanna give everyone a shout out who's joining us live and say, thank you for joining us. Um, I know that crazy things are going on in the world and you could be doing anything else, but you're deciding to spend this hour with us. With that said, I'll go over just some quick housekeeping rules so that everyone feels comfortable and confident in this next hour. Um, we'd love for you to participate. So if you are in the place where you can turn your camera on safely, please do so. Um, we believe in visibility. We'd love to see your smiling, beautiful faces. It's okay if you don't have makeup on. I, I was telling our guest speaker, I didn't even put on makeup today. If you haven't showered, doesn't, doesn't matter. We won't judge you if your house is a mess you know, put your virtual backgrounds on. Um, we would love to have you participate. So turn your cameras on if you feel called to do so. Um, and then I've muted everyone upon entrance just to avoid any background noise, but I can't stress enough. We'd love to hear from you throughout this hour. So, you know, come off mute whenever you wanna share your voice or you have a question, a comment, a reflection, a dream that you wanna share. Um, I'm gonna sound like a broken record and invite you all to come off mute uh, throughout the chat. Uh, if you have any sensitive information and you wanna be kept anonymous, uh, find me in the chat box under Mariella Marie. Uh, and then you can write to me anonymously and I will keep you anonymous and flag your reflection or your question to our guest speaker. Uh, the last thing I'll say is that this is being recorded. So if you do hop off mute, you will be featured in our, in our live recording. And with that said, I know we live in a world where everyone is multitasking, but we'd love for you to not multitask with us today. Um, be present with us so that we can really hear your, your responses and your questions. And then you can rewatch this video later on Power to Fly and you can take notes vigorously there. Um, I know I said that was the last thing, but I have one more thing. We'd love for you to follow us on socials and subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can keep up with all the great chats we've got in store for you this year in 2021. Thank you so much to our guest speaker who is actually the second person I'm interviewing this year in 2021. And later on, I hope that she can give us some of her predictions on you know, how she sees her world of you know, the beautiful things that she's sharing in her industry, how she sees that developing and moving on. And I'd love to hear from our guest speakers as well, um, from our guest callers as well. But I'm gonna pass the mic now to our guest speaker, Lena. Tell us a little bit about yourself, how you came to learn about Power to Fly and what you're excited to share with us today. All right. Uh, first of all, welcome everyone. And I am happy to be here. I'm happy to be at the Chat and Learn. Uh, I am. I actually uh, know about Power to Fly from an interview that I had with one of the recruiters. She reached out to me and uh, for some reason I was unaware of, of the concept and uh, I got introduced to Power to Fly and it was amazing and I fell in love with it. So we got into chatting about all of the initiatives that you guys are doing and it actually spoke uh, a lot to what I believe in. So we just arranged this chat online. Uh, in addition to that, I'm a designer for over over seven years now. So I've been in an industry for quite some time and I've been able to reflect on a lot of things, including management and leadership, but also I've been throughout this whole path of actually advancing your career. And I've started as a junior designer who knew nothing about the design world and nothing about the world as a whole. Uh, and then I somehow grew up uh, in the place where I am. I had experience, like I initially started with the idea that I wanna be a developer. Uh, for some reason, no offense to any developers, it's just, I'm <laughs> like the design world is 
so much more cozy for me. It's like the right place where I need to be. Uh, but I initially started like uh, as a front-end developer and um, it was a mess for me, but I did get to see a lot of the things that I'm about to do uh, in the future. So I was aware of the concept of what front-end development is and how can I uh, incorporate that into my design world and how can I fluently speak with the develop developers and just be aware of the development world as a whole. So I had that uh, as a look out throughout my career and it actually helped me a lot to achieve what I already did. And it actually helps me a lot in the communication with my teammates because at the end of the day, uh, design is nothing but communication and um, that, that's it. You should always be aware of your surroundings and you should always be aware of your teammates. So um, design is uh, design is just helping each other and is building solutions. So be be present when you're doing that. And with that being said, I do have some some quite of the experience within the management and leadership world. So I can give you uh, my insights in that as well. Beautiful. What a beautiful way to just kind of boil down what design is and that it is communication. I've never heard anyone speak about it as clearly. And I totally agree. Um, and I love that you're automatically jumping into being present and being aware of what's going on, you know, within yourself and the world around you. So this is going to be a great chat. I'm going to also be learning with you all on this. So thank you, Lena, for that. You all have submitted some great questions offline. Um, and I see we've got some folks calling from all over. So we've got um, our guest speaker calling from Bulgaria. I'm calling from Argentina and Patagonia. I see Florida representing, Buenos Aires representing. I see uh, that we've got Texas on the line as well. So if you're just joining us, uh, go ahead and write in the chat box where you're calling from. Uh, and we're gonna take your questions that you have submitted offline one by one throughout this hour. So if you see your question come up on the screen, like this question, for example, if this is your question, hey, New York City, I see you. Uh, if this is your question, uh, feel free to hop off mute or write in the chat box. Uh, if this is not your question and you wanna chime in, again, we wanna hear from you. Um, so hop off mute, uh, write in the chat box. We've got someone else from Bulgaria, awesome. So let's start with this uh, first question here, Lena. What are the top skills that a UX manager should have and how can we acquire them? All right, um, I'll start answering that a bit backwards. First of all, you should definitely ask yourself, am I a manager material? Is, is this really for me? Because leadership and management, first of all, those are two different things. And they're definitely not only job titles. In my opinion, they're choices. And they should be choices that one should make uh, with open eyes, meaning to not sugarcoat with yourself. Like, if I'm a manager, am I going to be a good one? Everyone on the spot for sure can think of an example of a bad manager that they had. And I'm completely sure of that because not everyone is a management material. And I think that should be open to everyone and everyone should be aware of it. Like growth is essential, but management is not always the direction that one should take. Meaning that I'd always suggest to try to be honest with yourself, uh, what you actually needed when you were younger, when you were at the beginning of your career, uh, what you wanted to what you wanted to advance in your career and did you get the chance to do that now when we're talking about skills um first of all you should have advanced ux knowledge that's that's essential and but that's only on the one hand on the other one uh you should be aware of what ux manager position requires meaning that it varies from a company to a company uh it could include just management within like design features and design projects, or it could include people management, or it could include both of them at the same time. So 
your top skills for sure need to be flexibility and you should always be organized just enough so you are able to prioritize and be prepared to be the point of escalation for various of things. Is it like team issues? Is it um, just design project issue? You should be the point of escalation and you should always be aware of the issues within your team so you know how to handle them better. And um, I, think, I think that answers most of it. Just like be aware of your mistakes uh, that you got throughout the way of your career and um, try not to repeat them as a manager. Beautiful. And I know that, uh, as you said, that we've all had, you know, that manager, hopefully you've only had to go through a bad management once in your life. Um, and, you know, to, to just try to uh, either not embody that or to, you know, um, be honest with yourself. Like you said, maybe, maybe management is not for you. Maybe it's about pivoting to another role or maybe it's not about moving lateral. Maybe it's about, you know, picking up another skill. So I love that you're putting that on the table as well. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to this next question here. Again, if this is your question, feel free to uh, write in the chat box or come off mute. So Lena, what would you recommend to someone who is trying to advance their design career and get into a more senior management role? All right. Um, so, well, I always like just, because this is not the first time that I get this, uh, this question. So I always usually start with, is there something wrong with where you are right now? Meaning, do you see your do you see potential growth within the company that you are right now? Are you aware uh, of the current career path that that you're currently uh, on, or are you even within a career path that that is leading to growth? So, do you know what it takes to be promoted to get to that role? Do you know what skills you need to get promoted? Because if you're just stuck without promotions for a long time, you should ask yourself. If I keep going through through this just narrow path and just the same direction, am I going to get somewhere? Because on one hand, yes, you can always learn something new on your job, but on the other hand, uh, well, just repeating yourself at the same time over and over again every day with the, until like your manager decides on a promotion, uh, maybe this means that there is no clear uh, career growth path within your area. Example of that would be, um, let's say that you're a designer at a service-oriented company, uh, you know what client communication is and you know that it's essential. So basically, how are you dealing with that? Um, how are you handling the dynamic of work? Uh, how are you overall with the team collaboration? Do you have the actual advanced design skills that you need to get to that client communication and to actually be um, successful? So these are one of the key string strengths that key that like that senior designers have. And it's like everything else is like specific design skill set that, that it's learnable and it's teachable. Um, and you can always get to that eventually, but you should be aware of your surroundings once again, and to be aware whether you can actually get to that promotion and are you enabled to grow within your, uh, within your company? And if not, then maybe the choice lies somewhere else. I love that you're uh, asking this person and for those who have this question, because you said you get this question often to reflect, to reflect, take some time and think about what you want and what would be most fulfilling for you. I think that sometimes we get lost in the sauce and we try to, you know, do what we think other people might do. And we, we try to go the road, go down the road of success that maybe, you know, one person's idea of success isn't necessarily what, what our idea of success is. So I love that you're asking this person to reflect. 
All right, let's move on to this next question here. What is the best approach to manage someone older and with more experience than yourself? All right, so this one was actually very hard for me to answer because this actually happened to me a couple of times and it was definitely hard to do it because there's this stigma that whenever someone is older or it's with some more experience than yourself, this person actually deserves the promotion that you got or it actually deserves to be on the role that you are currently at. And my advice that is that just because you're younger and just because you have less experience in terms of years spent within the design world, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're unworthy and uh, of that position or that promotion or just being hired to be on top of that older person with more experience. Because experience not always comes with time and it's not, it's not always coming with age. Uh, it, it usually uh, means that you're more able to adapt to challenges. You are willing to take risks. You are more, more. You're better at actually dealing with certain situations. And I would say the best approach to manage someone who is older with more experience is to actually evaluate this person's strengths and weaknesses, and find where this person can improve. So, of course this person eventually uh, needs to improve so he can grow within his career and actually get to the position that where, where you are right now. So maybe they're willing to improve and actually work uh, on, that, uh, on that area, you'll be able to, to, to approach this management type of situation better because it, it definitely takes time. Uh, it definitely takes like less ego to actually admit to yourself that this person can, because he's older and has more experience, actually is better um, than you in some areas, but there is also like, it also takes time for this person to reflect on why you are better suited for that position. And it's like two way street of communication. And um, like the things that you need to do is even though that you're going to eventually be overwhelmed this, by those conversations, by those conversations they need to happen because it's not always about ego and maybe both of you can achieve this um, internal collaboration on, on growth and just basic, uh, basic understanding of strengths and weaknesses. I love that. And the key word there is collaboration, right? So put the ego aside and collaborate so that both both parties can essentially reach the goal uh, together without any microaggressions, micromanagement. Yeah. So thank you for highlighting that, Nina. All right, so let's move on to this next question here. I have a junior position in UX. I would love to grow and expand my knowledge. What should I consider to achieve this in the long term? Everyone starts as a junior designer and some people even start as interns and there's nothing wrong with that. So my suggestion would be to be completely aware as where you are right now and where you can be because the design world is very dynamic and you can see it even within the tools usage. Like for example, in 2019, we had Sketch as the best software, like the best design software that we were using. And in 2020, uh, it, it was beaten up by Figma. And, and now we're also adapting to changes from Sketch to Figma, so it takes time. So you should always be on top of your design trends. You should always be on top of your design skills and get your hands on as much projects and as much challenges as you can. Or my, my biggest like 
thing that I did that helped me a lot was to get to that coworker that was willing to help me and be little mushroom who is actually soaking all of the knowledge that this person can give, can give to me. Um, because just by observing this person, for example, I observed a lot of user usability testings and a lot of user interviews. And just by observing them, I actually achieved much more than I would have uh, by just reading about it. So my my suggestion would be to just be aware of where you are, uh, but always, always find a way to just surround yourself with more knowledge and uh, what is currently trending, what you need to do, what are the skills that you're lacking, or how are things currently changing and how are you can how can you actually adapt to that? Uh, because to grow within the design world, you should be aware of making mistakes and to actually learn from those mistakes because a lot of junior designers starts with that stigma of actually not wanting to make mistakes because it makes them feel like they're like they're bad at it and they don't want to admit it. So they have this stigma of, all right, I'm going to keep quiet about it or no, I'm not wrong, you're wrong. I'll just stay here and I'm just good with that decision, but just, Try to be more aware and uh, be more open to challenges and to critics from your coworkers and take that uh, as, a, as a feedback because you definitely need it within your career growth. So when taking feedback, answers, yeah. no, your answers are beautiful. And I love that you're, you're going, really, <laughs> you're going, you're diving deep on your responses. Uh, and I love that ultimately uh, I love, I love speaking about emotional intelligence on these chats and from yeah. your responses, I hear you, you know, reflecting on, okay, be with yourself. Don't be so hard on yourself, you know, know what you want. Um, how would you recommend receiving feedback uh, so that, you know, one doesn't take it uh, so heavily and then maybe, you know, start to experience imposter syndrome? Yeah. Um, this happens a lot. So uh, first of all, it, it matters for who is giving you feedback. Uh, because sometimes when you're asking for feedback, you're not asking for specifically for the feedback that you would want. Uh, if I, for example, am showing uh, design screens that I want feedback on the navigation structure that I put there, and I did not mention that to my colleague, he can start commenting on things that I haven't already, I haven't got to, or they're just like working progress, and those are not my final parts. He can comment on those and I can start questioning them even though they're, I know that they're not finished. So first of all, always be uh, aware of what you want feedback on and make that other person aware of that. So this person can actually focus on the pain point that you're referring to. Um, but then again, uh, you should be open to feedback like um, because eventually in my experience, I always ask for feedback from people who are more senior than me, uh, meaning that they can reflect on the mistakes that I did and be uh, aware of the mistakes that I did immediately on the spot. For example, I did not use the correct color or my typography is just awful or just in general, if I'm building, let's say an iOS app, I did not got to the correct iOS component or I was not aware of another component that actually can work better for me. Um, so just be aware of those technical sides of things and, and take them in account. But always take feedback as an advice, because at the end of the day, this is what it is. Feedback is just advice on how to do things better. And you're free to in interpret this feedback uh, as you want. So build it, be aware of it, um, take it into account, apply it if you want. 
but just be aware that it's not about you and it's not about your work. It's not about the quality of your work. It's about how to be better at it. Great response. Thank you for that. And I have another follow-up question. Um, what is your opinion or would you recommend uh, someone in a junior position or really any position um, to, to seek mentorship or sponsorship so that they can, you know, openly receive feedback and openly grow um, with, you know, maybe a senior, someone who is in a senior role. Um, how would you recommend someone going about that? Do you think it's a good idea or not? I do think it's a good, it's a good idea, but um, be aware of how further you're going into them because it's, it's always like, it's always about the learning path. Um, if you are on the path of learning by by an example, like by doing what from an example, like there is a mentor to you and you're always part of his world, that means that you are always seeking for someone else uh, attention for your mistakes. But like uh, that's that's uh, sometimes could be very toxic because you're not able to grow enough just because you're not making mistakes. And there is always someone who is going to clean up your messes, whatever they are. And just as like mentorship is educational and it's great, but there is always like, you always should have this, this valuable uh, reflection time by yourself to be able to grow uh, by yourself as well. So my advice is seek mentorships for sure, but seek such mentorships that will not make this mentor uh, always be on top of your head. So like just seek mentorship that empowers you and not mentorship that is actually making you do things their own way. Um, and because this would be the key way of your growth within design. I love that. Kind of like a micromanaging mentorship. Avoid that. I love that. Yeah, um, for, sure, for sure. And I hope that, I mean, I hope that if someone is given the role of, you know, to be a mentor, they would not uh, try to stifle someone's growth. Um, but of course, anything can happen these days. We see that. Yeah. Uh, so I love that you're saying be mindful about that uh, and to not be afraid to make mistakes, right? To, so that you can see, you know, where your limits are and where your boundaries are. So thank you for that, Lena. All right, let's move on to the next question here. I'm not a fan of micromanagement, but I can't seem to find any other method as effective as it. What other uh, strategies or policies do you recommend? Okay, so um, I do have a great example in mind. So I'll just start with the word, uh, with the word empowerment, uh, just empowerment always. Uh, I found that by trusting your teammates rather than always checking up on them, uh, on, on him or her gives a lot more freedom uh, yes, for mistakes on their end, but also for someone to learn much faster. Um, I do, as I said, I do have a great example uh, of my current manager right now. He doesn't have a say in my work. Uh, he observes and gives me advice on what I can do to improve myself. I'm actually going to go back a point and be aware of, of the feedback. So uh, our check-ins uh, are not every day, they're bi-weekly. And the choice of what I need to talk about and ask for feedback is entirely mine, meaning that he won't go through all of my work if I don't ask for that. He won't go through my files if I don't ask for that. And it's just less hand-holding gives a lot faster and better results because you're able to learn on your own. Like you're asking for feedback and you're taking that feedback as an advice. You're taking that feedback as a direction. 
and it sometimes might not turn out great, but this is the point of growth. Like you shouldn't micromanage every decision of your teammates because this not always is leading to best results. Because for example, let's say that you have a quite big team and, and your team is, um, it, it takes a lot of your attention and takes a lot of your energy. You can't man micromanage everyone's decisions because at one point you're just telling them what to do and telling them what to do in your way. Uh, and it's easier to do that always, of course, especially when you have more experience, but um, just making people grow it is much more empowering and much more satisfying than just by telling people what to do. Because at the end of your day, uh, you're a great designer, but the people within your team can have great potential to actually be great designers and be aware of that because they can also have great ideas uh, and they can also reflect on that project work um, with their own set of eyes and with their own points of view that is not always bad like this is the power this is the, the way people learn like if you're always hand holding someone he's not going to grow and he's not um, going to be um, like just just all in in his work because he's always going to count on you for micromanagement exactly and for clearing their messes so give that person freedom and see how this affects his uh, work is my advice um, just keep in mind that this strategy is also of course not for everyone like this is a slight disclaimer some people actually need micromanagement and there is nothing wrong with that but just the best results i've seen are through empowering your teammates I love that your response is empowerment and giving more, um, you know, tools that will empower the other person. Um, so for the so for the person who had this question, what's something they can start today? Um, since uh, they don't have any other policies or strategies, what's something that they can start with today to kind of you know release the 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 rope of micromanagement and to give more to give you know the other person uh, more power or to empower them more? All right, so. Um... In my, in my own personal experience, I would probably just start by removing the regularity of check-ins because this is what micromanagement usually is, check-ins every day or every two days. So I would initially for sure start by removing the check-ins and making them less, less often, let's say like bi-weekly or just once weekly and um, make sure to let your teammate know what what they need to do or what solution you're currently looking for, um, because this is going to uh, be what you're searching for at the end result. So they should be motivated, not scared, uh, that you're going to screw up on it and they, you're going to have a checking with your manager. And so they, they need, they're feeling pressured by time. They are not, a, by being pressured by time, you're not able to use the full sense of your creativity. Um, so I would start by reducing check-ins, um, uh, clearing up schedules and making uh, people aware of the goals of this current project and the exact solution that you're looking for and what could be a way to achieve it just as an advice, not as, a, as an order. And let's see how this would work. If, if this actually works, then you can just develop it in any, any way further that your teammate actually allows. Because as I said, each teammate has its own strengths and weaknesses, and you should always, as a manager, be aware of those. 
beautiful response. Thank you for that, Lena. I love that. I hope that you all are listening. Those of you who don't know how to stop micromanaging, <laughs> she's giving some great <laughs> advice there. All right. So let's move on to this next question here. How do I delegate some tasks and still supervise them without micromanaging my team members? All right. So I eventually, I see I'm going to repeat myself quite often, but just give your team a little bit of freedom. Like micromanagement is not for everyone. Sometimes people need it, as I said, like, but it's not at all times for sure. Of course, supervision is necessary, but try to try to observe instead of supervise at all times before taking action out of precaution that this team member is going to not get it right from the first time. So give advice, uh, but don't say what one should actually do on the spot uh, because not only you make this person feel better, uh, but you also see the end result uh, of the basic fact that people uh, are not with the mindset that if they screw up, you're going to clean their messes. So just try to act on it and they'll be more focused, more dedicated and more empowered to be enabled to use their creativity and to actually put their own way of doing things into the solution that you're currently looking for. So. Delegate tasks, but let imagine them as a backlog of, of uh, imagine them as a, as a backlog and uh, those tasks are need to happen within your sprint. So just make your team aware of those tasks, but take, take into account their own sense of time because everyone needs a specific amount of time to do specific work. Uh, be aware of the team strengths and just give them freedom um, and try to observe more instead of supervise out of the way, just out of precaution that this is not going to work at the end. Um, and it might not work from the beginning. As I said, this is um, not for everyone. Like, as I said, some people actually need to be micromanaged, but uh, start by observing and maybe take an action when you see that this is not working. So I'm wondering also if you can give, if we can um, kind of reverse the feedback because some of these questions are leading towards like, how can I better micromanage or, or not micromanage my team members? What prompts a person in your opinion to micromanage? I mean, what's the fine line between someone being a perfectionist from being overwhelmed, from experiencing burnout and having that influence if they micromanage someone? How can someone just, you know, in your, in your um, how can you recommend someone take a pause to, you know, work through their personal ups and downs so that they're not micromanaging someone else and making a hard time for someone else. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, okay, so uh, I do have an example that I'll leave for later. Uh, but my initial idea is if you're constantly looking for a solution that you would have done, then maybe you're micromanaging things. If what you're looking for are specific things like you're having a, an idea about um, let's say you're creating a login uh, flow and, and you want this login flow to be done in a certain way whenever you're seeing this person's work you're looking for exactly what the, what you wanted to build if you were uh, on that project if you were the designer of that project so if you're constantly looking for yourself uh, within that person's work then maybe it's time for you to back a little bit uh, and um, just be aware of your micromanagement skills and are they actually working for that person? Um, so I'm going to the example that I mentioned. I, I, I had like 
I don't remember how many years ago, but I was working with a coworker on, on a very, very long project. I think it was like eight months of a project or almost a year with a very hard client that it took a lot of convincing to work with. So I had regular check-ins and by regular, I mean every day. And she gave me specific tasks every day. Like she, she was either going behind my back on fixing the designs that I did to be in her own way, even though like mine were perfectly fine. They were just not reflecting on what she was looking for. Or I was specifically told what I need to do. And this was very toxic, not because that she was mean to me or, or that we had any communication issues, but it was very toxic because at the end of the day, I was not motivated by my, for, my, for my work as a whole. And, and I was just, and I knew that I am going to have a, a check-in with, with her um, where she's going to tell me what I need to build. I will put in this project zero effort, uh, zero motivation to do things. Uh, zero ambitions to even challenge myself uh, to do that solution better or make that thing that I was building better uh, just in general because I knew that I was going to be micromanaged uh, doing things specific ways. So um, this was very toxic. And whenever a person gets to the point where you see the lack of motivation within your teammate and when you see that you're constantly telling someone what to do and micromanage their decisions and their intuition and their their just overall skills that, that they're trying to apply to that project, maybe it's time to back back out a little bit. And then you can share your from your personal experience mm -hmm. in this in this example, or you can give another um, recommendation. But how how should you bring that up in a way that you know won't fuel the fire to 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 avoid more toxicity in the workplace? Uh, how should you bring that up with your teammate or with yourself? With your teammate, so that it doesn't continue. With all right. So uh, first of all, I would ask honestly uh, how, like, first of all, you should always be transparent in your conversations. So this person should always feel uh, not scared of you and not scared of saying what they think. And if that's the case, you'll be able to see that immediately. So make sure that this person is actually feeling good within his work and within his, um, uh, within his place. Uh, of that project. So I would start by just questioning whether this person actually feels good. So people usually tend to say, yeah, everything is great. Everything is going great. I'm doing great. And just be scared of, of the consequences or uh, um, just don't have the general desire to make things better. So I would always suggest to dig deeper, like saying, what do you think we should do better? Do you think that you should spend more time on your own? Do you have any specific goals that you actually want to achieve within this project? How do you see yourself within this project? Do you actually want to be part of this project? Do you actually want to do something else? So start by being completely honest and making sure that this communication is between the two of you and this is a safe space and that anything, anything that, this person shares is actually uh, going to help the two of you, is actually going to help your work, it's actually going to help both of you to feel better. So just start by laying those ground rules that everything should be transparent and the communication should be fluent. And as I said, it might take some time to dig deeper into it, but it's definitely going to be worth it.
I love that. And I love essentially that your response is to practice emotional intelligence, you know, ask the yourself in the yeah. other person's shoes and ask them yeah. you know, leg, legit, how do you, how can you be happy? How can you find, you know, your own um, uh, motivation in this, in this work and make sure that you're being taken care of. So uh, less ego, more emotional intelligence. I love that response. <laughs> All right, let's move on to this next question here. So I'm trying to propel my design position in my current company, but I micromanage and I can't find growing opportunities. What would you recommend doing? All right. So um, this has been a huge pain, uh, even in my career. And then I got to the point where I actually started asking myself, uh, is this company for me? Um, because unless this is your own company and you're the CEO, you should always remind yourself that this is your employer and just because you're employed somewhere is not forever so do i have a clear growth path um, do i have a clear career ladder that i need to go up or down or what are the skills that i need to have so maybe have a conversation about that with your manager um, opportunities are just changes that challenges that we take yes but those chances and those challenges should be present for us so if you don't have any challenges or any chances to take to take on right this right this moment then maybe you should ask for such challenges and if if the case is um because i've been on this path of being a senior designer for as long as i can remember and whenever i tried to ask for well maybe where am i going from here um i always had um answers such as promises that we're going to we're going to promote you someday we're going to promote you when there is a chance we're going to promote you when there are more people so you can actually have people to lead um, we're going to promote you when when this and that happens so are those promises actually happening do you actually have challenges do you actually are taking the chances to get to that to that promotion ladder but most of all, just be aware of, do you have a career path that you can be on? Um, not all companies are presenting you immediately uh, on the spot with four senior, for example, a four senior designer, I need this type of experience for this long. And if I want to be promoted to a lead designer, I need to be able to do this and that. And not all companies are having that. So which is which is not a great practice but it's something that you can ask for and you can always ask that your manager that he should be he should be able to provide you with that so just make sure that you're familiar with the career path within your company and what it takes you in terms of skills to get there um, otherwise you're just walking in the same direction for as long as you as you can and you're probably going to get nowhere or just stick on that same place Right, and have some sort of uh, feel empty at some respect. Yeah. I know that we we do some chats here where folks are questioning, you know, why are they in the role that they're in? You know, why did they decide to take this path? Because they get to a point where it's like, okay, well, I don't know which way to go, or I feel unfulfilled, or I feel like I'm giving all of myself and my energy to something that is not necessarily giving it back to me. So I love that your response is to reflect uh, and to see which way you want your career uh, to go and to grow. So thank you for that as well. All right, let's move on to this next question. Can you share your best practices for a good team collaboration? How much do you think this affects the final product service outcome? 
All right. So I think I started by saying that design is communication. So it affects, affects it on a major level. Uh, before going into the design world, I didn't really realize how much soft skills are necessary. Uh, they're not just good to have, you must have them because you need to keep in mind, as I said, the design is communication and involving your team in that communication would make your life much easier. Um, of course, this shouldn't always come from you as a designer, but initially it should come from somewhere. And if you don't see that coming from anywhere, from anyone on your, on your team, you should be the one to raise that and be proactive in that area. For example, right now, everything I do, I do it with my team. I discuss upcoming features with my team. Uh, we do critics together. We are taking, we're talking about future ideas together. And my advice is to always involve the development team within what you're doing, as well as your fellow designers. After all, um, they should know what you're trying to achieve. They should know what the end result should be. Um, so they're all aligned around the outcome of the final product, because if you're not aligned, uh, if you're not collaborating on, on a daily basis, you're all going to end up with a different result from the one that you were actually expecting. So be proactive in your communication and always stay aligned because this is just the key thing that every project needs to be successful. Um, because just when you're not speaking to each other, you're all going to think about a solution in a certain way and you're all going to end up with a different thing that you were all imagining. So just do everything together and this could help you, help you a lot. I love that response. Collaboration, it's, it's one of my favorite words, especially as another creative uh, person here on the call. And I, I love that you're also bringing up, you know, uh, this, how someone's sense of creativity can be stifled if there is no collaboration or if there is miscommunication. So keeping those things in mind so that everyone can, you know, reach their goals together uh, and, you know, not have any animosity. Uh, and to, you know, as you said before, in one of your other responses, uh, that if you're not, of course, if it's not your own personal project, if you aren't the CEO, that, you know, you are being employed. Uh, and so to keep that in mind as well, to try to aim towards your career uh, growth and your career goals. So great, thank you for that, I love that. All right, let's move on to this next question. I think this chat aims more at senior profiles, but can you share some persuasion strategies for junior positions? All right, um, I, I think I am understanding this in, in a way that maybe people are asking for how to get to a junior position. So my, my answer on that would be to be willing to work more than you should so you can get the experience that you need. And this unfortunately has always been the way of thing, how things are within the world, not only within design, but I think with everything. So just always look for the opportunities to do better and to do more. Uh, I'd suggest once again, uh, if you can get a hold of a mentor or someone who is actually um, willing to participate actively in your growth, do that because that's always valuable. Um, a lot of people within my career had a lot of influence uh, on me as a designer. And um, I would be just plain stupid to ignore those advices because they would have gotten me, like they got me on a long way and, and they gave me much more than, than I would have figured out on my own, for example. So when you want to get to a junior position, you should always do that with just 
open eyes and um, be aware that you need to do much more and um, to, to know that you need to learn a lot to get to where you want to be because junior positions are usually um, for people who don't have uh, the, enough skills and they need to be, uh, they need to learn a lot. But this is just like with everything. You need to be uh, willing to learn and you need to know where that possibility is because not a lot of companies are, for example, looking for junior positions there, they have specific targets. So try to be understandable about that um, and try to look for the company that is most suitable for you. For example, a lot of um, service oriented companies are actually looking for more junior positions because they can invest uh, their time and energy within the growth of that person by doing this more dynamically by just like bringing you into a project and um, just starting your work there. And uh, this would definitely make you grow a little bit uh, faster. Uh, but then again, just as I said, be aware of your coworkers and what you can just get from there as knowledge. I love that response. And we actually have a, a comment here in the chat box. Let's see if we can try to interpret it from this perspective. I wonder if this question is about how to be a design authority, even as a junior designer. Mm-hmm. Okay. So even, I think this also get, goes back to the question of managing someone who is older with more experience than you. I think it's just about the same authority. You need to be aware of where you are and what you know and what you need to do. So my, my advice would be to be able to challenge yourself, uh, but to also be proactive. So just because you're a junior designer, that doesn't mean that you don't have the enough skills um, to do whatever it takes to build that solution. And just because you're a junior designer, that doesn't mean that they should undermine your work and you should always stand your ground on, on that point because it's easier to dismiss junior people than to actually um, actually try to involve them. So if you're not if not you're not getting involved into this whole dynamic of work, then I think you should it's time for you to involve yourself and just ask a lot of questions and be as proactive as possible. Um, this is this is where uh, this is how I approach things. Uh, it, it didn't work always, but it worked where it needed to work uh, because whenever people saw the potential in me and whenever people saw the willingness uh, in me to actually uh, be part of um, be part of things and, and learn fast, uh, they actually are giving you this possibility. but uh, it's not always like that. It's not all every it's not like that with every team. So just stand your ground as a designer. Do not let people dismiss it just because you're a junior. And uh, you should have the authority to actually say, this is my work. Uh, let's discuss it if you have a problem with that. Um, but if you're not, let's just follow what we need to do in order to build this product in a way that it will help the end uh, customer or client or user, whatever it is. Awesome. Thank you for that. And thank you for writing that in the chat box. I love to uh, look at questions in different, uh, from different perspectives. So I appreciate that. Um, speaking of, we've got about 10 minutes left. So just want to let everyone on the line know uh, if you have something that you haven't been able to uh, bring up in the chat box, feel free to write that now on the chat box. Now's your time to shine, or you can hop off of mute as well. Um, but until then, we'll move on to this next question here um, for Lena to, to respond to. Can you explain more about your framework? purposeful ignorance. Okay, so 
listen, it's very hard to nail a management position when you're not the CEO of your own company. Um, if you're great at your job, it takes a lot of time and effort. And eventually this time and effort might still doesn't matter because that's not the plan of your employer. Growth uh, plans should be available for everyone and not having them from the beginning is just a red flag for the company that you're currently working for. Promises on promotions and, and things that eventually you're going to get doesn't always work. Um, eventually, if you have like this growth pattern that says, okay, maybe one more year in this, and I can then transfer into, um, then I can transfer into management position or something like that, uh, eventually works if the employer allows it. So my idea of purposeful ignorance is apply it for the level, uh, apply for the job uh, or for the level that you think you are at, but be honest with yourself. Um, meaning that you shouldn't apply for a manager position if you're if you've been a designer for for a year. Um, get the experience you need. Uh, get to the ladder, but be aware of where you are and and what it takes to get to where you want to be. For example, I, I could be the greatest designer with ten years of experience within the design world, but still. I'm still, for example, at the senior level. And just because I'm not taking risks and just because um, I, I'm not willing to, to adapt or to change, I'm still at this company and I'm still at my position because this growth ladder was not available to me. I was not able to reach it. I was not able to go higher. I also was not motivated to do so because I am so comfortable in my own area of growth, which is like non-existent at this point because you're always in your safe, comfortable area. Um, just be aware of um, where you want to get um, because even if that means applying for the higher position or insisting on that promotion make sure that you're doing that uh, by being aware of where you actually stand and don't apply for a manager or lead position if you don't want to be a manager or don't apply for a management or lead position if you don't have the seniority behind it don't don't apply for a senior position if you're a junior designer. Try to, to do it one by one and uh, maybe take challenges uh, at your own expense so that you're willing to actually get somewhere. I mean, even if, even if that means to, I wouldn't say lie or fake it a little bit, but it definitely would help you as a, for example, you only had mid-level experience uh, uh, mid-level experience, uh, mid-level design experience within your CV, then maybe it's time for you to apply for a senior position because if your employer doesn't currently allow that, then maybe someone else will. So be aware of where you stand and where to where you can challenge yourself by com being completely ignorant of, um, of uh, I don't know, maybe of the plans of your employer. Maybe their plans don't really involve your growth within the next 10 years just because you're a senior designer. And it's actually much easier to stay at your senior position instead of just hiring people again and then teaching them things. It's much safer for your employer to have that senior senior designer always there and just always be prepared and you, your employer always knows what, what they need and they have the person for that job. Then maybe by being this comfortable person uh, is actually a way of seeing things that they think the things need to change in order for you to grow 
um, and actually experience that growth ladder that you need to have from the start. I love that you speak about uh, finding new ways to challenge yourself uh, and then at your own expense. Uh, that brings to mind, you know, starting some passion projects or maybe starting your own project to, to get more experience so that you can even, well, know how it is to manage one other person other than yourself. Um, do you have any recommendations on maybe how someone can start some of those, you know, projects to challenge themselves at their own expense? All right. Um, I'll, I'll share how I started. I, I think it's always it's always easier to reflect from your own past uh, because I, I I saw that this was successful for me, so maybe it would be successful for someone else as well. Um, my desire first to be within that position and within this uh, path of leadership, let's call it, um, started with me being on a project with another designer who was more junior than me. Um, first of all, uh, by being the more senior designer, uh, I saw how I can teach this person. Um, I can teach this person things. Um, I, I saw what they need, and my my advice is to always be what you needed when you were younger, um, because when you have that, uh, you eventually get to where where you want to be. So, just. Um, Again, I, I don't want to re repeat myself by saying be, be aware, but um, specifically just see where, where you need to be taken in order to achieve what, what your goal is. Does that answer your question? Because I feel like I went into a different direction. And if you feel like we can clarify things, that's great. No, I love that you, I mean, and it's great that you're repeating this, you know, awareness piece, <laughs> because I, I feel like we could all... Uh, do more of that practice, you know, of uh, being more aware of our needs, our intentions, um, be, that will help us be more responsible, you know, em employees, employers, consumers, uh, producers, designers. So, you know, you answered it for me. If anyone else needs clarification, let us know here. Um, but we've got about five more minutes. So I'd love to maybe hit up one more question. And then I'd love for you to uh, leave us with some food for thought and then let us know how we can find you on socials uh, and support the good work that you're doing and stay connected. So let's wrap up with this question here. How do I present my freelance UX experience to apply to a manager corporate position? All right. Um... This is kind of a weird question because not everyone wants to actually be part of the corporate world because it's a very weird world to want to be part of. You definitely need it though. Like you need it to get the skills from it and to be aware that corporations exist everywhere. And you're, you, by being in the corporation, you're actually getting a lot of experience, but the mindset within corporations is not always the greatest one. So, by being a freelancer, first, it, it's hard from jumping onto freelance from freelance to a management position. First of all, freelance means that you're usually working alone, uh, meaning that you're working with your client or you're you're working as uh, as an additional person to a team. You're not always surrounded by uh, by the needed people to get you to the management position. You. You can't really hire a freelance manager. Um, I, I guess you can, but it's not a good practice or it's not even a practice. So from freelance to a manager, I guess it would be um, a hard, harder path to take on, but you would, be, um, you would be more open to get to that path if you start by, if you start small, 
Start from where you are right now. If you want to apply to a manager corporate manage, manager in a corporate world, then maybe start by joining a uh, senior level position within within a corporation and try to see whether you have the potential to actually be a manager. Because as I said, it's about the mindset, uh, about the fact that eventually is, is management even for you? Um, are you aware of the challenges, challenges of management? Because I, I guarantee you it's not the easiest thing to do. I would even say that um, it requires even more effort than just being a designer. Uh, it requires a lot more skills than just being a good designer. So just start small, start by, as I said, growing on this, on this career ladder and go up on this career ladder. Um, so you can be aware of what it needs, what you need to do in order to be manager within a corporate, um, within a corporation as a whole. And I agree too that this was an odd question, but nevertheless, it is a question that that actually yep. I feel like a couple of folks have just because of the, well, we can think of why someone would want to go from freelance to corporate, maybe more security, maybe you mm-hmm. know more experience, maybe they have other plans. Um, but I am definitely of the freelance world. Um, and I do love how you said, you know, it is interesting to be a part of a corporation to then like, you know, get different kinds of skills, uh, but then also always to take Lena's advice and to come back to yourself and reflect on, you know, what is serving you and how you can be, uh, you know, a, a better designer in this case um, and, and with a whole, more holistic vision and, instead of just, you know, a, a linear path. So um, with that said, we've got about one more minute left. So I'd love for you to leave us with some food for thought uh, and then let us know how we can find you online and support the good work that you're doing. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, I'm always available on LinkedIn. This is the easiest way to find me and reach out to me with any questions that you might have. Uh, It's very easy, like type in my name and there are not a lot of that are actually designers. Uh, So just find me on LinkedIn and I'd be more than happy to uh, answer any design related questions or just questions out of my experience or questions about my work. Uh, I'd be happy to do that and help you out whenever I can. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for taking time to speak with us today. And thank you everyone who's joined us here for the hour. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you so much for being my second interview for the year. Uh, And as you said, (laughs) when we were speaking offline, let's make this year better than it was last year. So if you're a designer, communicate, listen to yourself, show empathy, emotional intelligence and all of that, and be sure to connect with Lena on LinkedIn. Thank you, everyone. Thank you.